Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, today I'm catching up with uh, old school Melbourne rider, New Two. How you going? Hey, good, man. Thank, thanks for taking the time to uh, have a chat. Ah, my pleasure. Yeah. So um, I, uh, I first sort of came across your work, I guess, in the late 80s, early 90s as a kid, like traveling down the Belgrave line to see, see my dad on the weekends. Just uh, like, mm-hmm. like, did you grow up down that way? Because I remember there was you had pretty big presence, like along the Belgrave line. Uh, that's more from partnering up with Tame. I came from another line, mm. and uh, yeah, just spent a bit, a fair bit of time down there. And then during the weeks on another line, so you know, trying to spread it. It's DMA was actually a Broadmeadows crew, yeah. Okay. Which everyone considers it a Belgrave line east sort of thing, but really it has its thing in uh, yeah, sort of west side and southeastern suburbs as well. So, was that through like mm-hmm. Prono, and people like that? No, uh, no. Uh, um, DJ Item, he used to write in DMA. Do you know Item, like the funk DJ? Yeah, I remember. And uh, yeah. and the guy that wrote Ream. Uh, it was those two and Tame and I, I think, originally. So, yeah. Okay. And so it was, I think, at the end of the 80s. That was a good crew. It was, uh, I know, as, uh, growing up, it was always like, uh, I consider it to be one of the best crews in Melbourne, if not Australia. Did you guys see it that way um, or, or were you guys just, you know, going with the flow? Oh, we were going with it, but I think there was definitely this sort of best with the most concept we were trying to have, you know, like when we had people down with the crew, they had to be able to, they had to be able to bring it on all fronts, you know, and if, if, if they couldn't get up and stay up, if they uh, et cetera, it wasn't sort of the DMA way, I guess. So just through that kind of made it, I'm pretty proud. I'm pretty happy with it. I think just cause it's uh how we did it, you know, it's I can't can't complain. I think we sort of maybe changed things to a degree. Uh, the systematic approach to lines, yards, um, just getting up with loops and things. I think our crew did that quite well. And then AC, of course. I think I think that's a major difference. Uh, I think we sort of were part of. About making a difference from uh, earlier sort of hip hop sort of piecing to a full blown writing sort of uh, yeah getting up systematically. Um, yeah. Does that answer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what was it like? Like, uh, like, like, what was Melbourne like back then compared to now? Like, what was some significant changes? I was thinking about it earlier, just about infrastructure and how everything was kind of run down. Like as far as the system, you know, that's the major thing I noticed. It was kind of recession time or something that looked like on the system, you know, numbers falling off things and broken stations and, uh, yeah. So when did you first start and like how did you become a rider in the first place? I got through, I got into it through the emergence of hip hop when it sort of spread worldwide, you know, 
um, just all the normal stuff on Countdown, what have you. The message came out and it was in some, uh, this back in 82, uh, it came out on one of those compilations, like Hits of 82 or something. I remember just sitting in the back of my mum's car, just being amazed by uh, the track message and just like, oh, i got to get out of here. i got to get out of Bougainville here and get into, like, wherever that is, New York, something. I just, I've got to go. So from this this nine or ten-year-old, I was just on a mission from then on kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just through that kind of media, like the rest of the world at the time, I guess. Yeah. And was, uh, was new to your first tag? No. <laughs> and you ain't going to know the others. <laughs> you know, those kind of uh, b-boying kind of corny tags like that. <laughs> okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, sorry, go. Yeah, I had, a, I had a couple and it wasn't until uh, hanging out with Tame and then uh, we just sort of going blue, goo, boo, new, two. Oh, that's it. And that's – and then – that was that, <laughs> just from rhyming words together. Yeah. And how'd your first, like, um, did, like what, how'd your first, like, get into actual painting, though? Did, like, were you around it or you just saw a lot of it and wanted to try it or, you know, other people were actually doing I, it and you had exposure to them? Um, a cousin and I, you know, our, uh, our b-boy and sort of cardboard for our backspins, what have you, started tagging that sort of stuff and then, you know, it's just finding cans around and, and markers. My mum had a whole bunch of markers, so I was out doing tags with clouds and all this sort of stuff. Out. You, know, you know, like, you know, this whole massive tag with bubble and everything that was probably 10 centimetres by 3 centimetres, you know, <laughs> tiny little things. And just kind of tagging like that. And then I was out in the countryside, so I remember we did our first piece First piece is probably 84, started doing freights in 84, 85. I did a, a few of them. And, uh, yeah, we just got in, into it through, yeah, just through b-boying like a lot of people did, you know. Yeah. I was never pretty, I was never good at floor work or what have you, so <laughs> it was a natural transition. Better at working with your hands and your feet, eh? Hell Yeah. <laughs> So most of the uh, like the pieces I saw from you uh, were all like on trains and stuff like that. Was that like something you were focused on? Was just like um, being up mostly on the trains, or were you trying to be an all rounder? I guess you were an all rounder, but it's just the memorable ones are all like um, you know photos of, of panels, really. Anything inside the railway corridor, I'm kind of interested in, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Panels, insides mainly, really. I think everyone, like, when you look at photos from back then, you tend to see the pieces or the burners from, but um, you don't see those other 12, uh, 12 cars that were done each day, every day, or 15, 17, you know, 20 cars for your loops sort of thing. So really, I think what really um, people are, not like, oh, pieces on walls, pieces on panels and stuff. So, uh, the majority of what people do is tagging, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. Like, you think of how many panels cats do compared to, um, you know, you think you're out doing, like, after school, you, you do before school loops, or maybe don't go to school, continue doing loops, do after school loops, 
all of a sudden every day you're getting 15 different cars or whatever and then on the weekends when you're hanging out with everybody if i kept a diary for a few years and i don't own this diary anymore it's gone but um, i was able to see how many cars were actually doing you know and uh when you think of a couple hundred people getting every car in the system minimum three times over every year, that's a lot of tagging. So I would say, you know, if anything, people, are t- <laughs> I'd be more known for tagging in a way, but it doesn't, it's not represented because people wouldn't take photos of that stuff. It, it's only that photo 24 before you took your film in to go rack, you know, before you rack your film and you, you want to quickly get it in. <laughs> So you might take a photo of something like that, like the Richmond subway. Like you might see my photos a fair bit online of Richmond subway that people post. It's just like that last shot because I just want to hurry up and see the panels on the roll, you know? Yeah. So it was like a bit of an afterthought as far as documentation. Except for panels and pieces. Yeah. yeah. And people used to document everybody else's, you know, all these track walks. I used to love that, like, yeah, 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 so and such has done a piece, amazing, amazing. But, uh, you know, so on a Sunday when you're waiting 40 minutes and then and, and then you're getting to another line and then then doing a massive track walk just to get that one uh, flick. So, yeah. It's different, but I don't know if people take photos of other people's stuff anymore, do they? Oh, they do, but I just, I don't, I don't know. It's different these days. But people still take, like, there's a lot of uh, Instagram, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, flicker and all that. People just you know documenting, like not actually partaking in in the activity. You know, well, it's those guys I see a lot of Aussie stuff, and I get to keep up with what friends are doing. You know, because mm. everyone usually just pl- plugs their own stuff. You know, so it's yeah, or people, yeah, or people that aren't that, that don't want to be on social media, and sometimes their stuff will pop up. Yeah, nice to see. Yeah, were you part of the uh, you know the crowd that used to hang out at Richmond Station? And um, sit on the bench, watch all the, the panels go by, by and stuff like that? I think everyone was, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the like bench is an integral part. Yeah. It, that sort of community and, uh, you know, where everyone can judge each other's merits in real time there with each other. And, uh, well, not even just the judgment side, but, you know, just sharing and it's sort of created this melbourne identity i think i think it's super that sort of stuff's super important i think there's all these sort of disparate factions these days and i think that that sense of community was a massive part of for me uh apart from me wanting to write in the first place i think so yeah bench was good you know like on monday mornings you got panels rolling in from all over and everyone's there before school and not going to school trying to trying to cop panels you know somebody might see one say out at ringwood or something and then you get a phone then someone gets a phone call and oh, all right it's going to be in richmond in half an hour and then you know and then other cats are already onto it and then they might be looping them to um to flinders and back it was just a nice exciting you know and, and everyone's copying everything in the flesh on the monday morning it's kind of you know textural and right there in your face it's better than a uh, photo you know, three centimetres by three centimetres on your phone or what have you. Yeah, well, it's like all art, isn't it? Best, best seen in the flesh. So I've been enjoying it now, just stumbling upon, because I'm a bit blase about looking at pieces, blah, blah, whatever, kind of, you know, scrolling through pieces doesn't really excite me, but when I bump into one, you know, and get to feel 
texture, how they painted it, the housing wise to the the spot and on that sort of scale. That to me is really exciting now, you know. Right. I sort of enjoy it because I don't really look at that many other people's pieces. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whose pieces it's are you looking at? Who like who like who's uh, who excites you? Like visually. Oh god. Haha. <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more intention behind things. I think that excites me. It's not like particular artists or that. Or if I see people uh, taking a personal step each time they paint, or what have you, I see they're developing, or they're at least uh, aware of that sort of uh, aware of some sort of progress or something. Then that will excite me to look at because I can see the person's learning and developing, and growing. You know. Yeah. If people are just on repeat or something, it's, yeah, pieces like, I think I look for intention. So, yeah. There's definitely it's not like some stuff, stuff out there. I, I can see, like, I can see a scrappily filled in one color thing and be more excited than, you know, than some technically beautiful piece. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not looking at finished product when I look at things, I think, these days. Yeah. I know I'm not getting the butterflies I used to get. You know that adrenaline feeling when you see a piece? I don't know if if you had this growing up, but um, seeing like a Vulcan or something and literally having sort of adrenaline or something in your body and just like, man, back to square one, how, how do I approach this thing now? What the, f what the fuck did I just, you know, like – like a good record, you can't quite make sense of yet, you know? Yeah. Like uh, there's something special about this. If you automatically like it, it's kind of within your taste. It, it's uh, That piece is pandered to your taste. But when you're sort of challenged by something like that and you're not sure there's something special and it's moved you in that kind of way, I don't know. For me, that's what it's about. I don't get that. I, I don't know if it's age now or style development isn't maybe as rapid per capita, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, for for me, I, I I like seeing simplicity done really well. Like, yeah, that's what gets me. Like, I've seen so much like overworked, like perfectionistic, you know, pieces and stuff like that. You know, like I I, I really like um like my time in Barcelona because they they have a different approach to it over there where it's not yeah. they're not out to sort of do the most highly technical thing. They want it to be fun, but they have some really good ways of approaching it. But um. I even remember being in, in Melbourne like years ago, there was this French guy over here and he um he did a throw up. It, 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 he wrote grills and um and he only had one can of black and he did a dusty black fill and then outlined it with a can of black as well. Yeah. So just seeing something like that, I remember seeing that and going, Oh man, genius. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I I have I have qualms when I see a piece and it's like uh complicated beyond the function of the complications, if that makes sense. Like something can be just camouflage wild for no sense and the letter isn't truly wild or something, you know. Mm. You, you can basically see a simple thing covered with all this sort of stuff and if it's just covered and dressed up like that, it doesn't really interest me. I kind of really like that that uh, that minimal approach, you know, like stripping back to its, its – uh, even if it looks like a technical piece, it's like what the hell can you take out to make it better? Like what doesn't need to be there? Mm. 
mean, so I'm sort of, I sit somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you do like, um, like variations though, like of like real simplified pieces, but then also some real tech ones. Like, do you just sort of, uh, you know, go by what you feel like at the day or, or depending on the spot or like, like how do you choose if you're going to go like all in on a pretty technical piece or you're going to just do like a, a straight letter or something like that? I think time, um, appropriate to space, you know, like, but, uh, I, you know, I work in those series and sort of, uh, I'm going on a few different tangents at once all, all the time. And then if I get a bit sick of, um, a, a certain thing I'm exploring, I can go back and do the other just for a bit of relaxation or whatever. But I find either way just as fun, you know, just as, uh, Uh, like a complex thing that you end up slaving over and like, oh, man, I wish this piece was done kind of thing. I get as much uh, fun out of that as I do a simple fun thing. It's just a different uh, different degree of reward of fun in a way. Yeah. Because there seems to be a separate, like, it's not the first time I've heard this, but like um, from people, this kind of separation, well, the the new loose things are fun and anything complex is not fun almost like that kind of suggestion is like well why is everyone doing it <laughs> you know like I, I i think they're both different expressions of that so yeah like do you um do you still like sketch really small on um on uh yeah tracing paper as well i, I remember uh, uh, i remember going painting with you back in 2004 we used to go out a, a bit and you were like always show up with these little like tiny bits of tracing paper with a sketch on them. <laughs> yeah, and you can hold because they're so small, and then you can hold the tracing paper up to a light source, and you can see what you what, what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but sometimes it's just a couple of little lines as well. Like, I'll take a a, um, a sketch that's just a couple of strokes, and usually uh, asterisk point form notes. So it's not like it's not an end result in the letters I'm looking for, but it's kind of the process um, stuff with those, um, yeah, from those notes. I'm kind of like ticking off. Oh, I'm thinking of doing this for this piece or this, contrasting with that, and I'll make sure that that's all just written down. So I go off that more than anything, kind of. Yeah. I should sketch more. I remember. I I used to like to. Um, I remember when I used to sketch every day lots 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 yeah yeah and that was a really healthy thing but you know i should do that more <laughs> <laughs> i kind of separate my time between a few art forms yeah oh you're still being creative so that's the main thing a lot of it's uh i think my pieces are more ideasy than some kind of finished like wool burner thing or something <laughs> i don't know because i'm not interested i'm interested in doing it not after it's done you know kind of thing but yeah. but then I look back at my pieces quite often, like man, what the fuck were you thinking? That's crazy, you know. Like that, that's just whack, you know. Like you know, I, I I do that a lot, and like so I'm trying to be a bit more um, focused in that regard, I guess. Yes. So you're more about the um the act of it than the finished result. I'm a, about the learning and development for myself, I guess. Like I've got to get reward out of. Um, it's got to be worth doing and if I'm not growing and learning and enjoying that in my life then what the hell am I doing 
Mm. What's the point in doing a piece? I don't see the, the point. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I find that I'm, I'll be painting just wanting it to end so I can look at it finished, if you know what I mean. I don't know. Do it's you just, take uh, photos with your phone so you can do those? Like, oh, okay, this is actually how it looks through your phone to get a... Nah. I don't even... I like, do that sometimes just to make sense of my piece and then see it like that and it gives it a different perspective and like, oh, okay, now I can it makes go sense. back. I can see what I mean. It does make sense. Um, I, but, uh, I, I, I normally... I'm sorry. No, no, go for it. I was going to say, I normally finish pieces in one day, but um, I'm starting to like now when I haven't and I get that shot to, you know, I go home and I look at it and go, oh, geez, I see this mistake or that mistake or that connection doesn't even make sense and you get a chance to repair, but I don't know. Most yeah. of them are left with weird faults. Yeah. Sorry? So what, like you mentioned before that you've got like other creative outlets, like what are they? Um... I'm a ceramicist by trade, a wood-fired potter. Um, and I play in like a garage punk band. I've always, well, not always, I've played bass since uh, 20-ish or something maybe, late teens or something. So I've always um, sort of gone between them. If I've got a band, then I've got, I'm, I'm responsible to that, you know. like It's like a crew. You don't, you don't let that thing down, so that'll take up a lot of time, what have you. But yeah, I studied uh, ceramics um, rather than being a little kid sort of looking at going to jail or something. <laughs> I moved out to the hills for what was going to be two weeks. Fifteen years later, oof, I'm still there, up in Hippie Stonerville or what have you. Um, yeah, I just picked up ceramics there by accident, you know, and I really liked it. I've been making all this – I've been making stuff since I was – you know, 12 or what have you, being, um, you know, painting. But um, I kind of like this practical thing. It's like, oh, I can make actual things to uh, survive or whatever, you know. Like uh, I can real, I can make real things that's not – I don't have to rely on society and I'm not just um, – I thought it was a good way to make a nice impact and it was really enjoyable. It's kind of scientific and hands-on at the same time. Yeah. Are you working with the earth? Earth and fire? Yeah. And different elements? I got really interested because, like, I was living up in the mountains there, so I was, I was, I was able to dig my own clays. And um, I, was, I was using wood ashes and different rocks and all this to make up all my, all my materials from scratch. Yeah. So um, a lot of my glazes and, yeah, a lot of my glazes and clays are just came from just things around me and I would, I would, Test rocks, crush them, fire them, or what have you. And I kind of like that ground up sort of. Well, I can take really simple elements here and just make something. You know. Yeah, I remember you uh, emerged from um, living up in the hills for fifteen years or whatever you said. You just sort of fell off the face of the earth, and um, but there was a rumor that you were living in a teepee. Is that right? Yeah, that's very right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I lived out in the woods at. Um, a little two-year-old girl and my girlfriend living with us too. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a horse there and goat and, you know, veggies. Because I've always um, – oh, not always. I've been into um, vegetable gardening since, uh, gardening since I was like nine or eight or nine or something. And then once I got again, uh, late teens, 20 mark, I, I did courses in sustainable agriculture 
um, in, in permaculture, in broad-scale farm design and uh, sustainable design and small vegetable garden design or have you. So, yeah, I enjoy that time out in the bush. Funny, the contrast is, though, I had to go to an industrial state and work in a factory every day. And then, then I come back up, you know, and I got my timber, my wood fire and, and sort of living like this in the wild. <laughs> it was fun for a bit. Yeah. Do, um, do you, like, still incorporate a lot of that lifestyle into your life, even though you live in a city? Um, well, I've got vegetable gardens on my roof, so, yeah. You know, now I've got my um, my my five year old. He grows all the vegetables that uh, that he enjoys eating for the year, that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm still doing that. Yeah, I kind of like to be able to uh, free of societal things. Now I can uh, take care of myself to a degree. Not to no prepper extreme. I haven't got uh, a basement full of uh, a year of food or nothing, but but it's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you're not going to the supermarket and, you know, using plastic and stuff like that, you know. Oh, trying to cut it down, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit hard to. They, they make it hard, don't they? Yeah, they're just banning plastic bags here in supermarkets now, which, which is good because they're, they're being purchased. A lot of time I go back to Australia and they just shove a bag in front of you and start shoving stuff in. I'm like, oh, oh, oh slow down. Yeah. I'm kind of not used to it. So when you're um, living out in the, uh, in the teepee, like... Were you just doing ceramics? Was that your only creative outlet while you, while you were living out there oh, and gardening? Uh, I was painting uh, a bit, you know, maybe like a couple of times a year or something. I was still painting a little bit then. And um, I was playing in a band, that's right. Yeah. So I was doing, yeah, I was doing a bit of everything. Uh, the ceramics sort of come partway through that. I think my girlfriend at the time was just like, oh, I should do this, this course. It was like some present. And I did it, and then I ended up being um, enjoyed and in, in, enjoyed it, and then uh, started going to the pottery, um, the pottery every day, and sort of was like uh, an apprentice of sorts. I was kind of learning the trade, selling pots, making clays from ground up, learning the chemistry and all this and that. And uh, yeah, and after a couple of years of that, I went to school. So I already knew exactly what I wanted, and. I wasn't floundering in school. I was just getting, um, yeah, skills and what have you. Yeah. So I remember when you like, uh, like emerged from the the forest. I guess <laughs> you did look like you emerged from the forest. Yeah, dreadlocks down your ass and all that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember you were you did you were doing a, a piece right next to my house. And I was like, I was like, oh. Who's this guy? And then, because you would just put your fills up, and and then I realised it was you, and I was like, man, I didn't, I, I hadn't. I think you said it was like your first piece for for years or something like that. It was yeah, um, yeah. Like like you seemed when, once you came back, you are uh, you seemed to get right back into it. Was it was it something you always wanted to do, or was it just being back in the city again? You and around it's it, just, you wanted to just it's just it's just, just what I do when I was in the city. Yeah, it's kind of like I think when you're out there in the hills, it's like oh just getting out of that, just escaping the gravity of the hills, getting out and getting something done was hard enough. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I think it's how I relate to the city. Yeah. I just like to paint when I'm, you know. Yeah. But we, um, yeah, our, our little partnership didn't last very long though. We seemed to be really jinxed. Like every time we'd, um, 
we go and try and do something, <laughs> it always end up in disaster, getting chased and things like that. That's right. I remember one particular disaster, but maybe we don't talk about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In yeah. the CBD? Yeah. Oh, that was a shocker. Yeah. We won't go there. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> job, job. Yeah. But um, one of the things that, uh, like, I always found fascinating about you and painting is you, you, you never used um, cans of black for your outline. Like, I remember I used to, like, I still, you, you know, rely on black quite heavily for outlining and painting and even in the studio, you know. But um, you always said, oh, yeah, you always said, oh, no, I never use black. Like, like, what was the reason for that? I just wanted to get away from that. I don't know. I use black all the time now. I love black, black fill-in. I'll do a black final on a black fill-in if I could <laughs> with a black background. I've, I've been trying to get black backgrounds with black fills a lot and, you know, and then just use a bit of background to uh, break up to just contrast it enough. Mm. I don't know. I love black now and I outline everything. If it doesn't need outlining, I'm going to probably outline it as well. Outlining background bits and stuff in black now, I love it. I don't know. It's a bit more graphic, like, yeah, early 70s or something. That sparked my interest in doing that again. Yeah. Black is black. It's all right. Yeah, I always just find it's just the strongest color, highest contrast. Yeah. Yeah. When you want something dark, you can't get any darker than black, you know. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I always go for high contrast. But I always, like, but then I look at your pieces and it's like, man, that's like, I don't know, like the colors you'd put together. I guess you, it was funny, you had your long dreadlocks and you were using a lot of earth tones, <laughs> staying true to the TP life. <laughs> so once you got came back to the city and you got back into writing and everything, like, um, you know, you seem to be hanging around with like like AFP and like younger writers and all that. Like, how did that uh, inspire you? Like, like hanging out with young guys and like getting out a lot more. Was that was that did that like yeah, bring well, a new lease of life into your your painting? Oh, for sure, yeah. And it was sort of pre King's Way. A lot of other older guys I was writing with weren't really doing anything, what have you. Yeah, and I just met cool guys that had the, like uh, AFP, for example, had the same, um, similar feel, uh, similar feel and intention that I was sort of used to in DMA. And uh, I really liked the way they went about their thing. They tried to mind their own business and, and, uh, and get it done on all fronts, this all-rounder sort of approach. So, uh, Painting them was, was really good. I had to really get back up to speed again, man, because, you know, I was off on my weird ideas or something and just trying to uh, get grounded properly in pieces and really just relearn, yeah? Yeah. So Accuse was like a massive, massive uh, help in there, you know, that sort of dialogue when you're painting with somebody. Like, nah, dude, don't do this or, you know, just sort of throwing around ideas to each other, so... Yeah. Yeah, I got him to blame for improving again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that, um, like, you sort of had, um, like, old ideas and old mentality towards painting and then um, hanging out with, with younger guys and who they had a new approach to it? And did you sort of implement the new approach to your uh, painting as well? Um, maybe tech... Oh, I don't know. Not really. I just had to technique-wise just... No, because, see, they had the same sort of thing, that sort of railway corridor... So, no, I don't think uh, – maybe just technique, yeah. Let's yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything about uh, painting with those guys that reminded you of the old days? 
Um, I just really liked that the crew, you know, if a crew, if everyone's got their, each other's backs in hairy situations and this and that, and sort of um, whether somebody's right or wrong or regardless, each, uh, they had each other's backs, you know. And I think when you're, you know, you're in hairy situations, you want someone you can rely on wholeheartedly like that. And I think to see that, again, for me and just watch them as a, a group of friends having fun first and foremost, um, yeah, I think that was really important and really attractive to me. It just felt like in the same spirit with AP than, as DMA. So I think that's why I really swayed towards that and, you know, and I, you know, nice new friends, and it was really nice to be actually brought into a sort of a, a proper brotherhood, as it were, you know, not just like a loose affiliation called a crew or something, but, you know, like a proper posse, actually. It's it's a posse, and it's not a crew in the title, so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, you ended up moving to uh, to Belgium a few years ago. Like, yeah. uh, like what, what sparked all that? Like, uh, it's a pretty big move for you. Yeah, it was pretty instantaneous. My wife came to Australia and had a show at Per Square Meter, I think about nine years ago or something. And I met her at a – it was an Everfresh show in the city, I think some cards or something, like a playing card sort of show. And, um, yeah, I saw her across the crowd. She must have been close to uh, to Dabs and Mile, and I'm like, oh, oh, that must be her. And then <laughs> – and then, um, she was here. Uh, sorry, she was in Australia for a week, and then uh, three weeks later, I moved to Belgium, hang out with her, and see what would happen. And still here. <laughs> Jesus, that was a that's a quick one. Oh, it was perfect because I was um, I was in tra- I was I was doing a job on the road, so I had all, everything in storage, and it was just a matter of, okay, boom, I can go, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes life life does that, eh? Yeah, like. Yeah, I like to uh, throw myself in weird new situations. <laughs> Damn, I'm sick of it, man. Yeah, you did 15 but years of TV, good. so why not? Yeah, well, try everything, man. Yeah. Why not? Got to live. So. so what's life like for you out there? Like, I, I know that the, um, the trains are heavily painted and, and running a lot. Like, you enjoy seeing them every day? Yeah, but it's um, I'm kind of... Uh, you get a bit blasé about it. It's not like, oh, there's a panel. And and unless it's a whole train end-to-end or a T to B or something, you don't even tend to look up. I don't know. Well, I kind of look at them. It's just like seeing tags, you know, that you can get a bit dismissive or something if there's a lot of it. <laughs> you know, occasionally a fresh thing will, um, you know, pop up and I want to look at it. So. Yeah. I don't even think to take – like I – I imagine coming from Melbourne where you got, you know, like impenetrable bloody, oh, not impenetrable system, but, you know, it's like one of the heaviest sort of metros I've come across that isn't underground. Um, people coming over, you know, oh, panel, panel, and you'd be inclined to want to take a photo or this or that, but it doesn't even crop up here, I think. I don't know. Yeah. It's like pretty intense. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Have you got amongst it over there or you just sort of lay low? Oh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a few other weird tags, other names floating around or something. Not sure. That's <laughs> ah, good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, uh, like, do you have any, like, uh, future plans or projects on the go? 
like creative ones? Um, not really. I bought some. I actually bought. I went to Extreme because I, you know, I've got a decent paint collection. I went to Extreme and bought specific colors for a piece. As far as no, I um, bit of a long story, but I've kind of stopped. Uh, I've stopped. I spend a long period stopping everything that I would identify myself with as an artist to uh, to get past something. I'm found. Uh, short story. Um, it's a bit more spontaneous now. Sort of relax. I know. <laughs> I avoid doing. Uh, I'd rather spend the creativity doing meaningful things like uh, with my boy or something. Yeah. Yeah. And having having a kid does that keep you creative? Well, I kind of put all the energy into that, and especially when someone's uh, you know the first four or five years of life, I sort of want to be around that and uh, make sure I'm helping him see the world in the way he wants sort of thing. So that's a lot more important. And he's throwing questions at me. Yeah, it gets creative. I have to build all sorts of things and well, what have you. So for me, that's more exciting than some self-indulgent uh, painting or what have you. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And um, But now I can freely and spontaneously because I'm not really going, oh, I'm Mr. New 2. I consider myself, a, oh, I'm a writer, I'm a this, I'm a that. You know, I've kind of cut all that crap away and freed up a lot more about how to paint now. Yeah. Sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are you playing with different subjects other than letters? If you're, like, painting or doing anything? Um, no, I'm still... I'm really passionate about sort of letter form moving forward still, you know, and using that as a kind of uh, – that provides a, a, a vehicle. So, um, like, he, like, I remember for a while you were doing, like, works on paper and, um, you know, the paper cuts and everything, all the layered yeah. paper pieces. Are you still doing anything like that? Uh, I haven't for a bit because I um, packed up the studio – but not commercially or anything, no. That's the kind of thing, like, I, I was sort of on the tip of the iceberg with that stuff. There was so much more I wanted to do with it. Uh, yeah, see how it goes once I get a bit more space again. Yeah. And so my, my workshop's got no walls, ceiling, or floor at the moment. <laughs> it's been a, I put it all out, so, yeah. You renovating it yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking some. That's, that's a creative a project. <laughs> well, it is. At first, I've been hating on it because I've basically done a whole house top to bottom. And, um, to the, um, and uh, yeah, that stuff can get exhausting. But now I'm just trying to look at it just like doing a piece of something like, oh, wow, I'm building this thing and trying to enjoy it again. To yeah. Is that your most, recent, is that your most recent T to B, the house? <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't mean to... I didn't mean to say it's off the bottom, but yeah, I'd, you know, work from the top of the house downwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so if anyone wanted to check out your art, like, where's the best place for them to uh to see it online? I don't know. Maybe Instagram, I guess. Just Instagram. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't even really share any stuff anymore. Kind of really, 
Occasionally I will. I'll get excited and post it or something after a piece. But What's your handle on Instagram? My handle? <laughs> once, yeah, that's what I call it, isn't it? I don't know, but I just like that. When they... I'm a CB. Uh, <laughs> um, Where do I find new, you? New to DMA, and the two's that's in the numeral two. Yeah, cool. Do you have uh, Do you have many old much of your old stuff on there? Oh, I was a little bit of a mix. Like sometimes I'll um, go visit my uh, collection of old photos or something, and I'll just take a photo of a photo. I've really got to scan all that old stuff. It's just a pile of photos stuck to fit, uh, stuck to photos face to face and messed up, mixed in with markers from the eighties and all this kind of stuff. So I need to maybe get all that organised. Mm. I remember years ago when you had a uh, exhibition at Per Square Meter. You, you're selling the the photo of a panel with with the sketch in a frame. The original sketches, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe you're partnering with all that stuff. Well, it doesn't seem to mean as I don't know. It doesn't mean as much to me, mm. I guess. I did the thing, so yeah. Maybe uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they sold out fast. I remember that much. I missed out. <laughs> oh, before the show, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you had any exhibitions like that recently or since then? Oh, I had a few. Uh, I had a few in the states and a few over here in a couple of different countries here and stuff. But yeah, it's not something I pursue or anything. I think I used to like the idea of. You know, I'd walk past a gallery window or something and see some sort of, I don't know, industry train dialogue with the past, uh, with some canon stuff that's got nothing to do with anything kind of artwork in the windows and just be like, what, what the fuck, what's this even saying to anybody? They're just like, it's just clever notions within some kind of industry or something. So I was like, well, I'd prefer my, to walk past and see our people's stuff. It's proper real stuff from, like, folk arts and stretch, but you know what I mean. Like, it's, uh, it's real and it's about real things. And so I'm like, well, why shouldn't I do that instead of that, you know, instead of seeing the stuff? So I was, uh, so I was, I was okay with that sort of commercial aspect. But, yeah, as far as shows now, I'm just, I don't know. That whole self-branding hoo-ha and having to be on repeat a lot and not be able to grow and not do new every time. I, all that stuff just seems like restrictions. Easy just to make something and leave it done. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's only as restricting as you, you make it, though. Sorry? It's only as restricting as you let it be. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I just... Yeah. I don't know. I just know a lot of people tied to emails and this and that and it's so try to st- I don't know I can't be bothered selling myself yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me I just couldn't get- yeah. that's the uh, that's a good thing it's like everyone's everyone's different aren't they everyone's got their own uh, own ways they want to express themselves yeah I love to see friends doing uh, well with this sort of uh, commercial aspect of their stuff and not having to work what have you it's it's a beautiful thing. I've been loving watching people's uh, rise through art careers and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And get excited for friends. Like like um, like watching Dabs and Myla. It's been, it's been a great, you know, great. <laughs> but it's just, uh, yeah. 
doesn't doesn't suit my nature. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So when you are you know moving to Belgium, did you find that it had um, had an influence on your style at all? Yeah, for sure. Because I was uh, I didn't have the baggage anymore of what I think new to is or whatever. <laughs> so when I came over, I was I came over fresh. Nobody nobody knows me. And uh, I was able to kind of reinvent, like taking – I kind of wanted to put my whole self into the pieces, like who was this kid pre the emergence of hip-hop around the rest of the world kind of thing, this kind of stuff, you know, this sort of Star Wars kid. So I started to put a lot of, you know, science and sci-fi sort of elements into it to mix with the – I'd already been exploring, you know, psych sort of elements or – Art Nouveau heraldry before that, so it was kind of like uh, I was able to put my whole self in. I didn't give a shit what anyone thought anymore, you know, or I wasn't. Yeah, it's kind of like that sort of community having a style. It's about the dialogue of style was gone, and it was just become sort of purely personal, you know. So I was able to start to introduce a lot of that sort of, uh, I guess, futuristic sort of look but it wasn't it's was more about uh, more about a reminder about keep progressing move forward don't uh look back and be you see a lot of these kind of styles that are well, not styles but guys that have very very strong opinions on it's either this or that that they like or what have you, you know this kind of there's a certain 80s sentimentalism or something with some maybe guys my age i think might be wrong but um yeah, I was trying to just have a full departure from that and yeah, incorporate everything, mm. you know. And I think it was a more personal uh, style then, you know. Yeah. As, as opposed to the old sixth burrow, like in Melbs, it was kind of maybe a sixth burrow sort of mentality. It's like, okay, if this was some far-flung bit of New York and that does our stuff, match up and still be unique enough without, you, you know, does it fit into that? Whereas, yeah, this stuff is, yeah, they're fitting in and it's not a concern with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty liberating, um, like, sort of going somewhere new and reinventing yourself. Like, like I've done it a few times with my traveling. Like, not, not, I haven't sort of intentionally reinvented myself, but I just sort of thought, where, where do I want to take my art or where do I want to take my career or whatever else I'm doing, or just my life in general? And you arrive somewhere new, and you can just be like, "Well, no one knows me. I'm, I can, I can, you know, do whatever I want here." You know, you can drop these strange boundaries you create for yourself. Exactly, and they're not even really there. It's more peer pressure than anything yeah. else. People, that, yeah. like, people, be like, "Oh, you used to do this, but now you do that. Why you do? Why have you changed?" And it's like you have to yeah, justify just, yourself. They're just simple ideas, and they're somebody else's ideas. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's like, yeah, yeah. And I wonder if uh, anyone really cares anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I, they don't yeah. really, do they? No, it's best to stay it's true gonna, to yourself. Yeah, that's going to be a relationship with themselves, then making that commentary on your stuff anyway. So it's kind of um, pretty easy to disregard, I guess. Exactly. All right. Well, um, thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. It's been, uh, been really good to catch up with you. It's been years. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no worries. My, my pleasure.